0: Welcome to the Maria Liberati show where food meets art travel and life. So what does food mean to you? Well in this episode my special guest will help us discover we have LD Sledge who wrote a book about Cajun food, and Larry Jorgensen, who's going to tell us all about the Coca-Cola trail. You know, it's Library Lovers Month in February, so we're discovering more and more books. And also, let's see, we also have Valentine's Day coming up and Super Bowl Sunday's coming up soon, too. So we have a recipe, though, that I'll be sharing for Valentine's Day, strawberry risotto think you're going to like it. Stay tuned. And I just wanted to tell everyone not to forget to join in this Friday, February 11th, for my Valentine's Day themed cooking class, virtual class with Rocco of Rocco's Dough in Miami, Florida. Rocco is a Neapolitan pizza expert and Rocco is going to be sharing his tips on how to make an authentic Neapolitan pizza at home. And we chose that dish for for a Valentine's Day cooking class, virtual class, because pizza is such a fun thing to make together. So, you know, you can make it with that special someone, you can make a pizza with your family. It's a great way to celebrate Valentine's Day, making pizza, and you can certainly even make a heart-shaped one if you really wanted to. So Rocco will be joining us, and I will be joining in probably with maybe a special dessert. I know Rocco has some special things planned too, so. so please. Please join us you can find the class on eventbrite.com it is free to join registration is limited and i looked and it's almost filled so please uh, register as soon as possible go to eventbrite.com if you can't figure out how to register you can go to my website marialiberati.com and you'll see they are the link or you can just send us an email at info at and by the way i will be giving away an ebook copy of my book, The Basic Art of Pizza. You'll also have a chance to win a book, The Basic Art of Pizza. So please join. And you can find the Basic Art of Pizza and all the books in the Basic Art of Italian cooking series on online at marialiberati.com, really anywhere books are sold on Amazon.com, on Kindle as well. So one of my favorite recommended ways to spend Valentine's Day is watching one of, or who knows, a festival of some of the romantic flicks from Italy. And uh, you can take a tour of Italy from home just by watching these flicks. They present Italy in its former glory from Summertime with Katherine Hepburn, in Venice. That film was in Venice and it's called Summertime. Two women with Sophia Loren. Well, that's really not that romantic, but uh, it's definitely a heart-wrenching film. And that was filmed in a little town called Soda, S-O-R-A. And then there's, of course, Yesterday, Today and Tomorrow with Sophia Loren and Marcello Mastroianni, and that's in Naples and Rome. They go together like peanut butter and jelly, or should I say pasta and parmigiana, but what a tour. But of course, after the scenery and the talented actors and cinematographers and beautiful music and sights and the romance Italian style, alas, you must have a dinner to go along with a romantic flick. And my favorite go-to meal for Valentine's Day, I just think it's so such a perfect fitting dish is risotto with strawberries and champagne. And I wanted to share the recipe with you today for my Valentine's Day dish, strawberries and champagne. And I just wanted to remind everyone that on Saturday, February 12th, you can also do another virtual class that I will be doing for the Stratford Public Library in Stratford, New Jersey. So again, it's an honor of Valentine's Day and um, Library Lovers Month. Um, You can join no matter where you are in the world because it's a Zoom event. So I believe you can join no matter where you are. If you want to find out, go to the Stratford Public Library website and uh, you can join my cooking class. I'll be making strawberry risotto for valentine's day which is the recipe that i'm sharing with you right now so as i said it's a perfect recipe for valentine's day because you have this red looking risotto, and the strawberries and parmigiano reggiano just pair together so well. So this recipe, it is from my book, The Basic Art of Italian Cooking, Holidays and Special Occasions, the second edition. That's the one that won the Girl Mind World Cookbook Award, and you can find that online also, Holidays and Special Occasions. So this recipe calls for four cups of vegetable broth, three tablespoons of extra virgin olive oil, two leeks chopped finely, 1 cup of arborio or carnaroli rice, 1 tablespoon of unsalted butter, a pinch of salt, and about a glassful should equal about 8 ounces of either prosecco or spumante or your favorite sparkling dry white wine. In my opinion, this ingredient just adds that special something to this recipe. The alcohol actually burns off when you cook with it, and the only thing that remains is the flavor. Other ingredient, which is kind of the star of the recipe, is 10 ounces of fresh strawberries washed and cut in half. So you're going to heat the vegetable broth till boiling, and then leave the broth simmering and then you're going to place the olive oil in a large saute pan place in the chopped leeks and saute till the leeks are just about golden you want to put that at low to medium heat because you don't want the leeks to burn then you're going to toss in the rice and toast the rice till till it's all coated with the oil then you're going to first add in the champagne or the dry sparkling white wine for First, stir till all the liquid is evaporated then what you're going to do is place in a half a cup of vegetable broth and stir till all the liquid is evaporated and you're going to keep doing that about a half a cup of liquid putting it in till it's all evaporated as i said you're going to keep doing that till the rice is al dente which would be about 15 minutes puree the strawberries when the rice is just about done maybe 13 minutes into cooking it you're going to place in the strawberry puree stir it in well and remove from heat let's stand for two minutes place one tablespoon of butter on top and stir it until melted serve and don't forget to top with the grated parmigiano reggiano cheese i would suggest about two tablespoons decorate the plates with strawberry garnish and this makes a perfect valentine's day dish and you can serve it with a glass of sparkling Spamante, or sparkling wine, champagne, or a non-alcoholic beverage as well. Enjoy. So today we have LD Sledge, who is well. Wow, he's he's very talented. I couldn't nail down exactly what how to introduce him. So he's an author, an artist, um, musician, chef. And today we're having him especially because he wrote a book called Cajun Delectables. And I know a lot of my listeners out there, well, everybody's interested in food and cooking, but Cajun cooking is just so interesting. And the one thing that I loved about this book is that he didn't just share recipes, but he also told us about the history of some of the of of Cajun cooking and explained it. Yes. So, LD, thank you so much for being here. Tell me, how did you decide to write a book about Cajun cooking?
1: Well, I lived in South Louisiana. I practiced law in Louisiana for 43 years. I was a courtroom lawyer and I had all half of my clients were Cajun. Huh. And uh, the and and half of Louisiana, uh-huh. that is, if you would look at the map of Louisiana, it's like a boot. Uh-huh. The whole half of it, except for New Orleans south, is all Cajun. Now, yes. people don't even know about them. And they were my clients. They're the funniest, most liberated people I've ever known. They have no idea what political correctness is. (laughs) You know, they make jokes about themselves. I just love them. And I wanted people to know about them. Uh And I have eaten so much of this food and had it all my life. Mm -hmm. And I said, well, let me share some cooking uh, recipes that I like and I got a hundred recipes in here that'll they'll they call it what makes so so good and make you slap your mama. And <laughs> so that's what they say. There's even a the slap your mama seasoning. And uh you have, you know, it's it, I just felt bad because these people people don't know about it. And they say, oh those people from New Orleans are or they this or that. They don't know anything. They're not in New Orleans. Right. Anyway, so I I decided to combine it and it's like 200 pages it's not like your ordinary cookbook
0: uh-huh. and
1: uh a friend of mine uh smiley anders who's uh well he's written for the paper there for like 40 years he said uh-huh. ld gives us a cookbook it's more than a cookbook it's a love letter to louisiana uh-huh. <laughs> and, and his native state so oh, anyway it is
0: yes that's what
1: kind of got me started and yes. uh you know i can tell you what makes why is it different i can tell you that
0: yes tell us because not everyone out there knows what is cajun cooking and what makes it different what's it what you know what makes something cajun cooking um any characteristics of cajun cooking yes please tell us
1: okay now well you so many of the cajun food uh uh, recipes Uh are soups and stews Uh uh-huh like a gumbo oh yes okay and uh so i'm gonna tell you about that Uh but there's a lot of others that are not like your fish and your meat and your Uh roast and all of those other and your shrimp and your Uh all of those goodies and stuff but anyway the deal about a gumbo and most of those meals like that Uh they need a thickener now let me tell you about how you can learn about it Uh okay I have a page online. It's called Cajun uh-huh. And I give you about three, four, five minutes of how, how they do it. Uh-huh. But here's the way they do it they make a roux, R O U X. It's yes. a thickener.
0: Yes. And
1: uh, this thickener is made with a cup of flour and a cup of oil. Uh-huh. And what they would do traditionally, they would take it and they would heat it and they would stir it and they would stir it and uh-huh. they would stir it, and it would take a long time for it to get to where they want it. And they want it to be like golden brown or dark
0: yes. brown. Uh-huh.
1: And it it sets it up as a thickener, but it also has a nice aroma. Right. Now you come to the next stage, which give you the next layer of flavor, uh-huh. and that's called the Holy Trinity. Uh-huh. The Holy Trinity is onion, bell pepper, and celery. Uh huh. And usually it's about one to three or something. So you get a couple of onions and a bell pepper and three or four slots of uh, uh-huh. celery. Chop it up. Mm-hmm. And, and then you get some garlic. I say that garlic got religion and it joined the church and goes with them to the Holy uh-huh. Trinity. Anyway, so yes. what you mix those together and you put those into the root. Right, and now you saute that down until you get them all like the like the Cajuns say melt them melt them onions uh-huh. and you melt the onions and then after now you've got your really you got it set up. Uh huh. Now after this, you then go and put your meat in and your uh, stock, your chicken stock or beef stock or whatever you right. want. Cajun used to use water. I like stock; it makes uh-huh. it better. Uh huh. And um, I'm gonna give you another secret thing is that you can go online to uh, Amazon and buy some root already made. You don't have to go through that. Right. My son saw me doing that and he said, Daddy, you are a traitor. That's, you're going against the policy. You're <laughs> supposed to spend all your hour building that root. No, it'll take just a spoonful and you're about ready to go. But anyway, um, that's that. And you just cook it for a couple of hours You ask a cajun, you say, How so? Yeah, so that's uh, that's how you make that. And they'll say, First, you make a roux, they'll always say that. And then they'll say, And then you do the, and then they'll say, And you cook it down. And that's my logo, cook it down.
0: Uh huh. (laughs) And I think that I know you said you can buy the roux on Amazon or something, but I think it's probably better freshly made if you can make it yourself. Because, well, I'm, I'm yeah, sure but you, can make,
1: you can mess up
0: too well that's true but you should you can learn burn it you can you can but i think that the the beauty of the food is and the the really flavorfulness is probably you're going to get a better flavor if you do yeah. it yourself and just learn you know learn how to do it so is cajun cooking or is it creole now what's the difference between because isn't there a you know, Creole cooking in Louisiana also? Yeah, well,
1: Creole is Louisiana too.
0: Right, The
1: definition, see, my book gives you all kinds of stuff. And the definition of Creole is different in New Orleans than it is from the other part of the state.
0: Okay, yes.
1: Creole, basically, Creole Uh is the the name of someone who was from one country, but Uh now he's born in another country. His parents were from France, but Uh, he's born in New Orleans. So he's a Creole.
0: I see I see so that's the distinction
1: okay I, and then yes. the cooking is different too but then the Creole Creoles over in Lake Charles which is on the Texas border I mainly there, they're like black and Indian and Spanish in a combination they're mainly the black uh, Creoles over there and they have a whole different music style but the Creoles uh, the, the the distinction between Creole cooking, And Cajun cooking is this. Cajun usually likes it a little more spicy, but it's not hot. It's flavorful. And the Creoles have less flavor, less spice.
0: Oh, okay. Well, I have, I think I have a sneaking suspicion that Creole cooking is, is a little bit like, is related to French cooking. They, they have origins in France. So French cooking, usually it has, you know, herbs and but it's not real spicy hot and spicy so maybe that is what has to do with it so cajun cooking so okay we did the roux and and we do the holy trinity and we have all that so then we're adding in the meat and the broth and uh we're making like a gumbo is that what you pretty much yeah
1: yeah well i i uh i belong to a group it's called artists for a better world and right before christmas they asked me to do a show Uh so i did a show and i showed them how to cook a gumbo jambalaya, and Uh red beans and rice Uh and i had pots all over this table and i finished it and i said okay guys come on and there were about 40 people in there and Uh uh I, I should show you a picture of the pots uh-huh they're empty there's nothing left <laughs> and you put usually serve it on rice you know
0: right so, right yes yes which, yeah. so- i have
1: a good friend right now that did me a big favor
0: uh-huh. and so
1: matter of fact when i get leave here i'm gonna go cook him a gumbo
0: there you go there you go. So what's the difference between a gumbo and a jambalaya? Because we have a few more minutes. So what's yeah. the difference between Well the gumbo is just like I
1: said, it's a stew. It's the stew. Okay. Now jambalaya is mainly rice and uh-huh. say chicken. Uh-huh. And 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 you you don't necessarily make a roux. You can, it will help, but it's just mainly like a a, a rice dish. Uh-huh rice and chicken and a flavorful uh dish uh, uh-huh. of, of it. the, it's quite different you know it's not a stew or a soup
0: right exactly exactly wow it sounds like it's all really really flavorful so yes. are these the recipes that you have in the book are they um recipes that did you say they were from your family
1: it looks like. Well, in a way, uh, I oh. was raised with a lot of these and uh, I learned how to cook most of these over my mature life.
0: Uh-huh. And,
1: uh, and They're traditional, say-
0: traditional recipes then. Yeah,
1: traditional they're recipes. totally traditional. They're wow. exactly traditional. I, I got I got a letter uh, last week from a lady I didn't know. She oh. had wound up buying my book, and she had already cooked four of them, and her daughter would cook three of them, uh-huh. and raving over the recipe.
0: Wow! Well, yeah, that's I mean, definitely a surprise testament. Yes, definitely. So, um, LD, tell us. So it's Cajun Delectables by LD Sledge, and where can we get it if people want to get the book? You on can Amazon? get that
1: on Amazon. Just look under Cajun cooking, and you'll see it. Okay. Cajun delectables.
0: Yes, Cajun delectables. That's great. Well, thank you so much for being here, and um, enjoy your warmer weather. Well, for us on the east coast, on the on the far like northeast, it's warmer <laughs> weather for us in Florida. <laughs> and hopefully, we'll have you back another time to talk about some of your other very interesting projects. Thanks so much for being here. So you know this month is Library Lovers Month. February is and I I love to read books and uh I especially love it when we can combine a book with something about food. And my special guest today is joining us from Louisiana. His name is Larry Jorgensen, and he is an author, but he's also written for TV, radio, news, uh, newspaper, and a very seasoned writer, author, I guess I can say. And he wrote this really interesting book called the Coca Cola Trail, Larry. Thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you, Maria. I look forward to to talking about the Coca Cola Trail. Yes. So, Larry, tell us um, what was your inspiration? How did you um? How did you decide to write the book, The Coca Cola Trail? How did that come about? I think the book sort of selected me. I had
2: intended to do a feature, a travel feature. Uh-huh. I do a lot of freelance writing. Yeah. Uh, there's two museums, and we talk about them in the first two chapters of the book. Uh-huh. There's one in Vicksburg, Mississippi, uh-huh. where Coca-Cola was actually first bottled. Uh-huh. And then there's another one in Monroe, Louisiana, not too far away. Uh-huh. And uh, you know, it, it pays tribute to the family that bottled Coca-Cola. Okay. So I thought that's a great travel story, two two museums you could visit in one day if you wanted about Coca-Cola. So I set out to do a travel story. Well, by the time I got to the second one in in, uh, Louisiana, um, I had the opportunity to meet with descendants of the family that bottled Coca-Cola for the first time Uh and learned from them not only their enthusiasm for what I was doing, Uh but the fact that it's all over the country and they started mentioning uh, other places that had the story yeah. and it just it it caught my attention i thought yes. this is much more than a than a, a feature story yeah. this this should be a book.
0: And so that's the book got me. I didn't get the book. So where is the origins? It sounded like I heard you say the first family that bottled Coca-Cola was from Louisiana. So is that where we can say Coca-Cola kind of was born?
2: Well, we've got two, two things dealing with Coca-Cola. The syrup, of course, was created in Georgia by Mr. Pemberton. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, initially that they were just, Making the syrup, and at first it was being sold for medicinal purposes. Yes. You know. um, so, but eventually, you know, people said, Hey, this is a good beverage. And so it was being sold over soda fountain counters, pharmacy counters, and that. Uh-huh. Well, it so happened a gentleman in Vicksburg, Mississippi, uh-huh. who had a soda fountain, uh, a, little, a little store, and a candy store, was buying the syrup in large containers and not only making it in his uh soda shop uh-huh. but also selling the syrup to other soda shops in the area I guess he was a distributor yes um he decided that you know this is 1896 oh my gosh he thought if I could bottle this uh-huh. I could get it to the people in the country uh-huh. you know, so after uh, giving it some consideration and a certain event that happened. um, He purchased some secondhand bottling equipment from St. Louis and became the first man to bottle Coca-Cola five years before Coca-Cola even thought that somebody should bottle it. And Uh to be honest about it, Coca-Cola didn't think, and of course we talk about Uh Coca-Cola. We mean the people that were making the syrup, Uh um, They didn't think bottling was a good idea. Uh, In fact, Asa Candler, who owned Coca-Cola at that time, Uh when he was approached by two people from Chattanooga (laughs) to bottle Coca-Cola five years after it was already being done in Uh Vicksburg, he told them it was a dumb idea. He said, bottling is really a backstreet business, and it's a dumb idea. Uh And they finally convinced him. That they really wanted to do it and they wanted the exclusive rights to bottle Coca Cola throughout the United States. Wow. Well, he said, uh, you know, they, they beat him down. I think he just wanted to get rid of them. Yeah. And he and finally he said, okay, I'll sell you the rights to bottle everywhere in the United States except Mississippi, because old Joe was doing it over there already. Uh-huh. And he sold them the rights to bottle for a dollar. Wow. Exclusive rights. Nobody else could do it. Oh, For my goodness. And it said that he never collected the dollar. <laughs> so, so it shows you that uh, Coca-Cola initially was, was, they were interested in making and selling the syrup. Yes. And it was, it was the entrepreneurs of our country who said, wait a minute, this has got some great potential. Yes. Let's make it
0: happen. So Coca-Cola, did they, you're saying they first made it as a syrup. Did they originally make it for medicinal purposes only? Is that what they thought of it as, as for, or? Yeah. Well, the, the fellow that invented the formula, Mr. Pemberton uh,
2: had been a civil war soldier and had a very serious war injury Uh and he had been uh, addicted to a, a, a pain reliever he was taking right. uh, and he wanted something else. Uh-huh. So he was also a pharmacist uh-huh. and somehow he realized, learned in his uh, work that the combination of the cola, uh, the coca leaf uh-huh. would create pain relief. So he created this formula uh-huh. for pain relief. He, wow. he was actually in Columbus, Georgia, uh-huh. um He moved to Atlanta, Georgia. That's where Atlanta comes to play. And continued to develop his uh, formula for Coca-Cola, what became Coca-Cola syrup. Uh And ultimately, the first place he took it was to a drugstore in Atlanta, Mm -hmm. which had a soda fountain. And he said, this will work in pain relief. And so that's how it began. They were making it, serving it as pain relief. But you know what? It tasted pretty good. <laughs> and
0: we know what happened from there. Yes. Yes. So um, the Coca-Cola trail. So I'm assuming the book kind of follows the trail of where Coca-Cola kind of went and, and how it got through the country or got through yeah. the world, I guess. Right. Well, the, what happened
2: and we, so we sort of missed out, you know, the guys go back to Chattanooga that had the rights uh-huh. to bottle with coca-cola right. and between the two of them they had 1500 dollars and the monumental task of bottling throughout the united states oh my goodness and, and they thought wait a minute we can't what are we going to do yeah. well it didn't take long to figure out they had the rights uh-huh. and today we would call that franchising
0: franchising they
2: started selling little pieces of the territory that they had uh-huh. and thereby creating Coca-Cola bottlers all over the country. If you wanted you know, uh, to bottle Coca-Cola in uh, Philadelphia, uh-huh. uh, they, they'd sell you 50-mile territory uh-huh. for $1,500, well, and that goodness. was your area. But the, the little hook to it was that when you bottled Coca-Cola, mm-hmm. you had to use the Coca-Cola syrup. So they sold you the territory, oh, I see. and then you would buy the syrup from Atlanta, Georgia. Uh-huh. But every time you bought syrup, uh-huh. the guys that sold you the territory got a commission on the syrup yeah, sale. Yes. So, needless to say, they did well. And, and the, the book tells about all the places around the country that you can still go to. That Uh our Coca-Cola history, Uh Uh, old plants that may now be a brew pub or Uh a a little mini mall, or, you know, we say this is where they are. Uh And when you go to see them, Uh this is the history as to their Coca-Cola history. Wow. which, you know, it's kind of a combination of a travel
0: guide and yes, a history, history Travel history and a little kind of food, I guess, if you can call it a, be- well, it's a beverage. So something, you know, which is, is really interesting. And I love it that it combines all of that because, you know, it is, it is really history. It's part of our history and travel. Yes, because you're going everywhere so in the country but um oh that's really really interesting do you delve at all into how coca-cola got out of the country also because i one of the things i was amazed at when i i actually lived in europe when i studied the culinary arts for some time and i was just so amazed that people were so crazy in europe for coca-cola and um you know, but did you ever, did it, was that, is that any part of the book also? I concentrated uh, United on the States. on the United States, but yes. I've learned a lot and you're
2: right. Europe is, a. Um, have done interviews in Europe. I've mm-hmm. even done an interview with a big radio station in Dubai. Wow. And I asked him, I said, why? And he said, because everybody here loves Coca-Cola, <laughs> you know? um so it's all over and and it's ironic the promotion i get a lot of uh information out of europe uh because uh-huh. i've done so many interviews i guess oh but, yes but right coca-cola is just they're i don't want to say fanatic but they certainly love Coca
0: Cola. yes it's just they are almost fanatical so it's really interesting but i i love it that you know your book is like a travel guide throughout the u.s and you can kind of travel through the history of Coca-Cola, which I think makes it makes it um, so interesting and learning about these different places and some historical spots. So oh. do you have, oh, where where can people find the book? Is it Amazon and just all the normal, regular places? The best
2: way to find it is on the website. On which, the web, go ahead. Simply the Coca-Cola trail.com. Um, you're going to find it it's, it's interesting, the places, and a lot of places have bought the book. But uh-huh. it, it's, it's not your standard bookstores. It's, right. places, it's places like country stores, uh-huh. Coca-Cola memorabilia. Oh, uh, yes. It's old soda fountains, you know. Yes. Many of these fifty soda fountains yes, um, yes. have bought the book. Uh, uh-huh. Museums, uh, uh-huh. y- you never know where it's going to show up. Where it's going to, hmm and that that that's been, you know, something that's been a real pleasure to me. I think too in in saying, you know, where the book where the trail takes you, it's not going to take you to a Coca Cola building that's now full of lawyers. Okay, it's going to take you to a Coca Cola building or a or something in Coca Cola history right. that you can enjoy. Right. You can walk in and feel the Coca Cola, see the history, <laughs> and and it's. You know, it's a fun thing to do. Yes. Go ahead. I've had people tell me, you know, email me say, hey, we're planning our vacation around places in your book.
0: (laughs) It's a lot of fun. Yes. And what I was just going to say is I love it, too, because, yes, the book sounds like it's a lot of fun, but it's a book that teaches you know, it really does teach us something about the history of our country, but in a fun way. So I love that. I always love, you know, when I can read a book, but it's also teaching me something, but it's in a fun way. So it's, you know, you don't feel like you're just sitting and learning something you are really, but uh, it's definitely something fun and more like an activity and interactive type of book. So you get to learn about many things just uh, from that. And,
2: and we've got in the book, Maria, we've got a lot of historic photos. We've done a lot of research uh, besides photos where we have visited the places and took current. Uh, we've got the his, a lot of historic photos uh, and we've got some interviews with descendants of Coca-Cola uh, families that are uh-huh. still battling that tell stories that have never been told
0: before. Wow. So it's it's definitely a fun book. Yes, yes, it is. Sounds like someone should take that and make a movie out of that. You know, and who knows, somebody may. I I just think that sounds like a great. Um, a a great uh, story to make a movie about, a movie of, but uh, be that as it may, um, you know, definitely a, a real fun read. And for those of us that You know, a lot of people aren't traveling quite yet. They're still kind of hesitant and not everybody's able to, but it's, I think it's like a staycation in a book, you know, it's like a a trip. If you don't want to travel, you can travel through. I always love being able to travel also through, you know, reading um, and you can, it sounds like an arm, a perfect armchair book, especially even for like a rainy day when you want to just be inside and kind of travel through the pages of the book if you can't travel and then hey, that it sounds like it would be a great book also to plan a, your trip around. That sounds like making a really interesting itinerary from. So that's great. So we can find the book on the Coca-Cola trail.com. Is that correct, Larry?
2: Yeah, that's the easiest way. And okay. In fact, if you, if you go to the, that uh, website and order a book, uh-huh. uh, put a little message with it. You know, I want to give this to my dad. Or- or something we'll we'll sign it to your dad whatever you know
0: oh, that's great that's great that's great well much success with the book and hopefully um you have some other books that you'll be working on and you can come back to the show in the near future we're, we're,
2: we are definitely working on one and uh, uh if you get me talking about, it, we'll talk for another fifteen minutes. So we better not do that. But okay. it's a good, it's a good book, and it has. It's more in your area because it's about a Great Lakes shipwreck.
0: Oh wow! Okay, that sounds really, really interesting. Yes, please keep me posted. I know you have our email, and definitely please keep me posted about that. I would love to hear more about that and have you on when uh, when that book is ready. Great, Larry. Will you enjoy your the rest of your week? And thank you so much for sharing your book with us and uh, with my audience. And hopefully um, you'll have some of my audience coming, you know, contacting you about the book. That'll be great. Maria, well, yeah, thank
2: you. I've enjoyed it.
0: Thank you. I've enjoyed meeting you too. Thank you so much, Larry. Take care. Thanks for listening to The Maria Liberati Show. This is Maria Liberati, and I'd like to also thank my producer, Britton Roselle and this week's special guests, Eldie Sledge and Larry Jorgensen. And don't forget, it'd be nice to see your smiling faces on February 11th, if you'd like to join me for my Valentine's Day virtual event on Zoom with Rocco of Rocco's Doe. He's from Miami, Florida. We're doing a live Zoom event at 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and you can join from anywhere in the world that you are, you can go on Eventbrite and register. It's free to join. It is limited registration, so join as soon as you can. And also on February 12th, I will be doing a cooking class risotto with strawberries, the re- very recipe that I just shared today for Valentine's Day. And that's for the Stratford Public Library in Stratford, New Jersey. You can go online and and look up the Stratford Public Library website or give them a call and find out how to register. I believe that event is free for the public also. So it'd be nice to see your smiling face at that event also. And they're all Zoom events. So you can join from anywhere in the world and join in with me. And if you can, take a picture. If you do create any of these recipes that we're sharing, take a picture, share it on social media, hashtag it the Maria Liberati Show. And you may be entered in a giveaway to win a copy of one of my books from the Basic Art of Italian Cooking series or the Basic Art of series. And you can find those books at marialiberati.com or really anywhere books are sold online. Until next time, peace, love, and pasta.